0: Thank you, Lord. Yeah, take your seats again. We'll, we'll um, maybe do some more of that. We'll see. Perhaps we can pray again over, over communion um, and take our time to do that. Okay, the giver and his gifts. Who is the Holy Spirit? That's what we're into today and in the weeks ahead up to uh, well, almost Christmas, dare I mention Christmas. Um, if you've got your, yes, If you've got your Bibles... Uh, I thought there'd be a happy yes for that. If you've got your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 11. Um, If you haven't got your Bibles, please... Please bring your Bible on a Sunday when we come to worship. Um, and uh, I think the scripture's up there that we're going to read. These are Jesus' words as he speaks with his his disciples. He's been teaching them on prayer. Let me just take the time, come up 22, that's perfect. Okay, uh, and uh, Jesus is teaching his disciples uh, how to to pray. We get one of the versions in the Gospels of what we call the Lord's Prayer. This beautiful prayer, that this this structure for prayer that Jesus teaches his disciples. And after that, we, we find uh, some other really helpful instructions, and these words that I'm going to read now. Um, verse 11, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? I have to say, this is probably a, a culturally positioned comment from Jesus. I have two sons and one daughter. I don't think any of them have ever asked me for a fish. But if they had, I would give them one um, because it's a good meal. And they have older fish and chips, I guess, so that counts. But the point is, you wouldn't give them something that is harmful to them or wouldn't give them nothing at all. Which Which of you fathers, if your sons ask you for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? you you get the point that Jesus is making if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give the holy spirit to those who ask him, there you are. If you take nothing else away from this this morning, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are called children of God. That's who we are, and we can come to our Father in the name of His precious Son Jesus and say, "Please, Father, will you give me Your Spirit?" And we know there's a promise from Jesus that says yes the father will because you're asking because you're in the son you will receive this precious holy spirit can i hear an amen please because that is a promise that is true for us today if you get nothing else then let that be one that you remember um the giver and his gifts uh i'm going to change slides and this may distract you momentarily um i'm pressing there we go look at that uh, that, that's me around uh, 11 years. My last year at, at primary school with my, one of my little sisters, Helen, uh, and that's me. I think around around 1920. Um, uh, <laughs> it's it's coming back for the new year. It's. Uh, I just I just wanted to tell you a bit of my story as we start this Holy Spirit series. Uh, I was brought up in. A, I, I don't often talk a, about. My experience with the Holy Spirit, certainly not in in this way, uh, in this context, Um, I was brought up in a Christian family. My my parents were both church leaders. They came out of a denominational church when they were baptized in the Spirit, when me and my big sister were were still uh, probably seven, eight years old, um, and and then came into and helped to start what we called at the time house churches, what became the kinds of churches that we have, have now and um i I never really remember a time where i didn't know Jesus. I remember praying a prayer of salvation in in Sunday school, but i don 't really remember a time where I, I didn't intuitively know Jesus. What a privilege that is hey uh, Where i, I didn't I don't i don't remember ever not. Praying and knowing how to pray in simple, childlike ways. But aged around eleven or 12, I think I was still in my last year at um, at, at primary school, um, as as I was in that photo there. Um, we were we hired a, a, a school hall for a Sunday evening special Sunday evening meeting. A guy called John Wimber had come over from the the states. John founded the Vineyard group of churches and had a huge impact on, on our emerging churches here in the UK. Um, in, in our understanding of the Holy Spirit and, and releasing kingdom life. Just really good Bible teaching, but really powerful um, encounters with, with God. And in this uh, hired school hall, it, it was Forest Boys School in Horsham, if you, if, if you know that place just down the, down the road. This, this team, I think they'd been uh, in our main church in Brighton on the Sunday. Then they scattered these, these young Americans all over Sussex for these evening meetings. And we hosted one. Uh, and I remember, I don't remember much about the evening. It's a long time ago now. Um, but I do remember this guy preaching. I don't remember what he preached on. Um, but I remember at the end, he invited people that wanted to receive. A, a baptism in the Holy Spirit. That was the language we used um, to step out into the aisle and and, and someone would come and pray with him. I remember stepping out into the aisle and I remember an American man. He seemed like an older man, but I was 11 years old. They all seem old when you're 11. He was probably in his mid-20s. Um, and uh, I remember him coming to lay his hands on me. And the next thing I remember, I was getting up off the floor um, with my, uh, I think my mum saying, it's okay, just, just stay there. It's fine. I hadn't fainted. I hadn't fallen over. Um, it, it, I, I, I had fallen over, but it, it was the, the power of the Holy Spirit coming on me in a really safe way. Um, I, I don't know how it happened. I don't, I, I don't remember thinking it's going to happen. It just happened. Um, it, uh, and as I looked around the room, all kinds of people were meeting. Some were meeting with we God in that way. Others were crying, laughing, just having their kind of emotions microwaved as the Holy Spirit fell on us. It had such a big impression on my little sister Helen that the next day she went into school and it English um, infant schools at that time. I don't know if they still do it in in school. You have to write your news about what happened at the weekend. And uh, when my mum came to pick Helen up from school at three o'clock on Monday afternoon, m- uh, the teacher came to my mum and said, is, "Is your is your son? Is he okay? Is he in hospital?" Mum said, what, "What's the problem?" Oh, Helen. and She showed her news book. She'd drawn a picture of my big brother fainted at church. He'd drawn a picture of me lying on the on the floor at church. And the, lady, the teacher obviously thought I'd had some kind of fit. Or, but it was the, it was my first encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, about 10 years later, early 90s, we had this this wave in our churches of of a fresh move of the Holy Spirit culminated around 94 with what, what we began to call the Toronto Blessing. It was a, a movement of God that came out of a, an ordinary church in Toronto that spread around the world. But even in the run-up to that, we were just beginning to have some some really fresh encounters with God. And then I was probably a year or two older than that photo, but I couldn't find one. We don't have like a million photos in the cloud from that age like we do now. And uh, I remember pretty much every meeting I went to, I was, I was, uh, we were engaged to be married, age 20, then 21, our first year of marriage. Um, pretty much every meeting I went to, small prayer meetings, big Sunday mornings. At that time, Sundays were three, 400 people. I, I just found myself weeping before the Lord. I had no idea what was happening, but I just, I just wept before the Lord. I remember going, we used to have a, a men's Saturday morning prayer meeting, um, and me and some of the other older teenage guys in early 20s would get up and go, uh, and I remember other people were kind of falling over in the Holy Spirit. I'd, I'd often open my eyes and look around. I'd be the only one standing in the room. And I think, why God? Why aren't you touching me? I look back now and think, I was crying like a baby. God was doing something in my heart, but it was just in a different way to what others were experiencing. It was a beautiful time. I remember those Sunday night meetings. The, the church elders gave us responsibility just to lead worship every Sunday night um, for these prayer meetings. And at that time, people just came because they were hungry and thirsty. Uh, it was the same uh, rented school hall actually 10 years later i remember i, I just played a first chord on the guitar as a 20 year old we'd have no plan for the evening in the very first song people would just start to fall over to weep to laugh to enjoy god to pray for one another and and 2 hours later i'd still be playing my fingers would be I had calluses all over my fingers uh, and we just think wow lord what are you doing uh, and, and I'd spend half the evening crying as well I, I had no idea really what was going on I remember going to a uh, I used to take a day off a month to go to some theological training that first year we were married age 21 uh, and uh, with one of the other elders from the church and a couple of other guys we'd drive up to Northampton uh, I remember at those times Phil used to put a, a worship cassette um <laughs> Giovanna you can explain that to the guys next to you later. A um, worship cassette into the car and I remember Phil Playfoot having to having to pull over into a lay-by because he was laughing so much enjoying God. Again I was crying uh, and uh, I, I, that was just how life was for a while. I think what is this? Uh, why am I telling you this? Well honestly at the time I had no idea what was happening but as I looked back and pretty soon began to realize God was healing my heart. He was something in my heart was being changed. Certainly at that time I began to realize, uh, although I had some things prophetically that I carried from being a young boy and things I dreamed of, I began to realize, wow, God, you're calling me to lead. I don't know what that looks like, but we began to get a sense of God's uh, very clear calling on our lives. And certainly that time, God gave me a sensitivity to his Holy Spirit and a thirst for his presence that I've I've never lost since, a longing for him. Uh, And again, we've had moments through the years since then, there've been a few years since I was 21, uh, where we just had a little, all moments, a few months at a time, um, over this summer when Kaz and I were away for our 30th Writing anniversary. I, I deliberately just spent some time on my sun lounger reading some stuff again on the Holy Spirit, just dipping into John's gospel, John 14, 15, 16, where Jesus teaches his disciples that he's going to go, but he's going to send another, a counselor, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I just, on my sun lounger, just began meeting with the Holy Spirit. I, well, I can sense him on me now as I'm telling you the story. It's so beautiful. I remember coming back in the start of September and we we're just chatting with our Tuesday team upstairs in the office here. Um, uh, about the Holy Spirit, sharing some stories. We began to pray together, pray, prophesy over one another. I began to cry again, like I haven't done for years, actually. And Justin, I can see Justin, he's stewarding today. Justin came in for our, our lunchtime elders meeting, and uh, we were ready to get down to business. We had an agenda and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, I was still kind of on my knees with my face buried into the sofa cushions. And uh, Justin looked, came in the door, concerned, is everything all right? And Cass said, That's oh, just Steve, he's just meeting with the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's fine. Um, and so we carry on. It's the same Holy Spirit, um, aged 11, aged 20, aged early 50s. Um. <laughs> and friends, that's why we're doing this. Series. We, we just finished a, a, a great vision series looking at what kind of church are we going to be in 10 years time into the 2030s. And at the foundation of all that, we've said we are a word and spirit church. Whatever changes happen in the church in the West in the next 10 years and, and, and the liberal church is only going one way. We have said we are committed to holding on to the word of God, but we're a word and spirit church. And it's very easy to say that, but to neglect to press in and take hold of, of truly becoming a spirit filled community. We've often remarked that we are now a a third generation kind of um, uh, movement in in our our New Frontiers family of churches From, from those days back then when my parents began these kinds of churches in the first generation. And we were birthed by the Holy Spirit, but it would be very easy for us to settle for being well-organized. We've got buildings now. We've got staff teams. We have good meetings. We have really nicely well-run ministries. um, But we could miss the life and power of the very same Holy Spirit that birthed this movement in the first place. We we could miss the opportunity for our 10-year-olds now and our 20-year-olds now and our 50-year-olds to find themselves encountering the Holy Spirit afresh. Is there anyone else hungry and thirsty as I'm sharing this today? Um, you, You know, churches that just decide to settle when they get to the second, third generation. I think we said this when we preached through the life of David at the start start of this year, that dynasty series. Within a generation, these kinds of churches die. Um, That's what happens. We just grow old and die together. We've we've got this big picture vision, this mission to make disciples from this harvest field of 120,000 or so in Crawley. And we've got this vision from the Holy Spirit that has been hours since Jesus spoke to his disciples to to train, to release, to send leaders, church planters, people who support and encourage, not just into Crawley, but but beyond, into the world around us. Just as it was in the beginning, such a movement still requires the Holy Spirit powerfully, um, the Giver and His gifts. So I, I don't as I share my story this morning, and, and I think this evening we'll we'll just share some more stories on the YouTube live um, session. Um, with the guys that are joining me for for that Um, but even if you think I don't don't know if I've got a, a moment like you have Steve where I can think back or maybe you're thinking oh yeah I do have a moment but it was like 30 years ago honestly in one sense it doesn't matter I could tell you an old story but if I'm not living and walking in fellowship with the spirit now it really doesn't matter what I want you to catch this morning is to say this am I being filled now Am I being filled again today, this week, next week? Uh, am I thirsty now? The stories help us, but they only help us if they draw us in to what God is doing today. So uh, I think, as we've said tonight, we've got some, some live chat and stories. Um, and um, I, I think uh, oh, was, we had some of our developing emerging leaders around our dinner table on um was it monday evening danny it was monday evening yeah and we're just sharing some stories of our experiences of of life in the holy spirit It was really beautiful all kinds of people from different backgrounds i I think four different continents Around the, the kind of 10, 15 of us around the table, um, but just so encouraging to hear those stories. So tonight, with with Danny, Nick Cameron, Joseph, uh, and me, we'll, we'll do some some more of that. Um, you can find us on our YouTube channel, and we just want to make some room as well, on a busy Sunday, lots going on, people serving, there's not, you think, oh wow, I just wanted to pray this morning, but didn't quite have time, we've got 10 people for lunch, couldn't stay afterwards, all that kind of, you know how it is, and so we're just going to make some space in the next few weeks, particularly Sunday the 5th of November, if you're British, you know what the 5th of November is, tell me. It's night, isn't it? It's fireworks and all that. And uh, it's also our, our next prayer worship encounter evening. Youth and the youth band are going to lead us uh, in, in that. And we're just going to make room that night. If, if you come Sunday the 5th of November at 6.30, we will be praying for everyone in the room to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and those poor musicians will probably play for an hour and a half and not get a moment's rest. So if you're, if you're growing a thirst in these next two, three weeks, then come on November the 5th. Parents of, of older children, of teenagers, your, your kids are so welcome to come into that. We start at 6.30, so we can be done by 8. So if you've got, you know, getting ready for school and college the next morning, we won't, we won't stay late. Uh, well, it's your decision if you do. Um, but you can carry them out to the car if you need to uh, and get them home. That's, that's fine. Um, but I just want to let you know about these opportunities. And then we are ah, the, the father of our New Frontiers family, the lovely Terry. Uh, hopefully Wendy as well but Terry will be with us on December the 3rd everything I learned in my early years about teaching on baptism in the Holy Spirit I learned from Terry I used I I had a cassette where he taught on this uh, and and I I I would play and pause play and pause and I literally wrote line by line Terry's teaching from the scriptures on the Holy Spirit Um, and and that's what I shared with the first church that we planted because I thought oh Terry knows how to do this and I'm learning from him Um, so Terry's going to be with us on the 3rd of December and I'm sure again it'll be an amazing opportunity to to see Jesus move powerfully by his spirit Um, Ben can we just put that little uh, video clip on is that okay? thank you (laughs) who is the Holy Spirit? I don't know, I'm sorry. I don't know. Speed of the Yeah. That's a tough one. Um it's uh God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, they're all like a Trinity. Angels? I don't know. It's it's God. I think the Holy Spirit is different for everyone. Wouldn't that be your conscience? I have no. I don't really have a, a lot of. I don't know. I don't know who the Holy Spirit is. I mean, I don't know. Third person of the Trinity. Um. The Holy Spirit. I've never even really put much thought into that. Wow, that there from the Alpha films, Alpha course is going great, Aaron and Debbie and the team, praise God. But I, I love that because actually it sums up what many people would say and perhaps even some uh, believers uh, as well. Acts 19, um, 1 to 7. Are we, can we get back on? I think I might have that on the screen there as well. Ah, oh, there we are. Look at this. Um, while Apollos was at Corinth... Um, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus and he found some disciples and asked them did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed and they answered no we've not even heard there is a Holy Spirit they would have been just like those guys what who what uh, uh, I don't know Um, and Paul said well what baptism did you receive he's speaking about baptism in water now John's baptism they replied Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus, that's in in water. Um, And uh, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in in all. Um, the, The church has always had people as a part of us who belong to us but would say like those on the screen and like these uh, so-called disciples in Ephesus, oh, Holy Spirit, we didn't even know there was one. Um, for us, um, we are teaching this again because we need to know who the Holy Spirit is, all the things I've just been saying. We have new believers here, people, we've seen 32 new believers baptized in the last 15 months. They, They need to be taught how to come into this being filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got believers who've come from other backgrounds and traditions um, that bring some real strengths, but also maybe have some weaknesses in this area. As we grow in diversity, we realise we might mean different things when one says baptism in the Spirit compared to what another understands by that. So we just need to be continually teaching and modelling from the Scriptures what we mean by baptism in the Holy Spirit as we lay this foundation. And as well as new people and people from other backgrounds, backgrounds. We've got old fellows like me who just need to be reminded because we get stuck or we forget or we drift um, and just get on with kind of normal life from day to day, lose our focus and need reminding and calling back to this biblical foundation of life in the Holy Spirit. We're a Spirit-filled people. We belong to Jesus. We're on his mission and we, we need the authority and the power of his Holy Spirit. Now, whatever our background, of course, we in, in a room like this, most of us will know something about the Holy Spirit. But there is an ignorance, I'm sure, um, with many of us. Um, we, it was really interesting hearing some of the views around the, the, the table, the backgrounds people have come out of uh, in, in our kind of emerging leaders. And, and there are probably some extremes of, of view. Um, some people believe the Holy Spirit just doesn't operate the way today that he did back in the New Testament days. They would say, oh, the Holy Spirit was powerfully active to launch the church and get the church established around the world, but we don't need him any anymore in that way now. Now we've got the complete bible uh, we would call those people cessationists they believe the the work of the holy spirit in the kind of new testament way has ceased so they are cessationists listen they're good people they love god's word um, but often they're speaking out of their lack of their own lack of experience I, i haven't seen god move in that way therefore i don't believe god can move in that way and we begin to see the scriptures in that way to support us we kind of create a theology of lack uh, around our thinking. It's really interesting as, as the church becomes more diverse. I, I, don't, I, I was trying to think last night, I don't think I've met any cessationists outside of North America and Northern Europe. That's interesting, isn't it? Um, anywhere you find vibrant Christianity advancing as it does in the global south, um, you find people who are filled with God's Holy Spirit and, and believe that we can experience his life today. Um, where you don't get it is in the liberal, dead, uh, Northern uh, American and European uh, church experience. Um, I think, honestly, if, if you want to be a cessationist, and you're very welcome to be, uh, we don't tell anyone what they should believe. It's, you need to come to a place of conviction yourself from the scriptures. But you're going to have to tear a lot of pages out of your Bible. Um, and I, I don't mean that lightly. Um, and actually, most genuine cessationists, they wouldn't do that, because, as I say, they love the Word of God. Um, what they've done, probably, is convince themselves that these institutions instructions are there, and they were absolutely true for those first disciples. Um, But those things are not our experience today. Uh, They had kind of time limits on them, I guess would be their argument. In Matthew 28, Jesus told his disciples, he's about to ascend into heaven, go make disciples of all nations. I'll be with you to the very end of the age. He meant by his spirit, Acts 1.8. He's telling them, I'm about to ascend, wait in Jerusalem and you'll receive power from on high, power to be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. Actually, as I think about it, we also believe that these scriptures about the Holy Spirit, about his promise to empower the church of Jesus, we also believe they have a time limit. They have a best before date. But the best before date is not the death of the first apostles. It's not the completion of the canon of Scripture. The best before date on these promises is the return of Jesus Christ at the end of the age. I'll be with you to the very end of the age. Uh, Until then, we live in the age of the the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's being poured out on his church since the day of Pentecost in order that we make disciples from all nations. Until that work is done, that we believe the Scriptures teach plainly and clearly, the Holy Spirit will continue to be poured out on all disciples in all nations nations for Jesus' name and his glory and until that work is done we have the Holy Spirit in the way that we do now so we, we can't be a word we can't say we're a word church and be cessationists we the scriptures don't allow us that kind of wriggle room And maybe our experience is more cessationist that, than the kind of story I've just shared with you from my upbringing that's fine for me as we we're saying with regard to healing on the greater things day last Saturday wherever our experience doesn't line up with the the plain teaching of scripture something has to change it isn't the word of God that has to change it's my experience that has to come into line and learn to live within the the plain teaching of, of scripture so if your background is one of cessationist way we love you and please I, I'm, I'm not uh, making fun of you this morning uh, we, we we honor your commitment to the word of God um, but it's very easy for us to believe as though the Holy Spirit doesn't exist if that has not been our experience some other extremes many believers think of the Holy Spirit as a kind of uh, I think someone on the film said, uh, the holy, an it, uh, this kind of vague, supernatural force in the Bibles we, we read as kids, Holy Spirit was always written Holy Ghost, like something out of Scooby-Doo, it was all, uh, uh, and uh, it's a, you know, when you're kids, it's either funny or scary. Um, maybe we think of the Holy Spirit. Um, I just—I don't really know the Holy Spirit, but he's some kind of emergency red button when I've got a crisis in my life, like that button on the treadmill at the gym where you think I'm going too fast and everything stops. That's what I need the Holy Spirit for. Um, but but we don't know the promised Holy Spirit is available for to walk with fellow in, in fellowship with us day after day. Many of us start out—all those new believers we baptised in the last year or so. We start well. We we experience the love and the peace and the joy of the Spirit flooding into us when we're born again. But very quickly, we continue on after baptism in water and we begin to just pick up in our own strength. Um, We just end up in a place where we're working hard and trying to be good and trying to get our bible readings done and trying to be on as many rotors at church as possible and friends it's so far removed from new testament spirit-filled discipleship where we're born again baptized in water baptized in the holy spirit and go on being filled with the holy spirit we'll come to that more in in, in weeks ahead um, so he's not a vague supernatural force. The other extreme is the kind of what Danny calls from Brazil, the kind of climbing the walls kind of experience crazy of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Um, uh, not being close to him or ignoring him, but, but with an immaturity, usually being very super spiritual, a little bit wild, a little bit flaky. And sometimes, again, it's not because people are bad people. Sometimes it's because of lack of teaching, or it can be traditional denominational um, uh, uh, experience. Uh, expectation. Uh, I think Danny was mentioning last week about about wineskins, that Bible picture um, of, of a wineskin. Wineskins were new once. They were new and they were good and they were useful. But we often, particularly on the Holy Spirit, get caught up with old wineskins, old ways that God worked in previous generations um, and in our denominations. And then we just cling to those old ways and we, we we perpetuate them. We keep doing them. This is the way it works. You understand what I'm, uh, I'm saying? I remember, again, when we were first married, back to that, that picture earlier, um, when I had a beautiful fringe. I uh, used to go with a team to the north of Germany uh, when we were in our early 20s, a very rural area north of Hamburg to serve some of the churches there. We were, we were in a town called Gluckstadt, Gluckstadt. Um, and um, I, I, I was doing, they let me preach, <laughs> which is amazing. Uh, and I was trying to do some teaching on the, on the Holy Spirit. And uh, there, there were, it, it was mostly an older congregation. And the old ladies in the front three rows began, as, I was, as, as soon as I mentioned the Holy Spirit, began going, ooh, ooh. And that's what I thought. I thought either it sounded like owls, um, or it was kind of ghost-type noises, and, and they began to sway. And I thought, wow, what's, what's going on? That's really interesting. And I, I carried on preaching, and they carried on wooing. Um, and afterwards, we prayed for many people, and God did some beautiful things. It was really lovely. But I asked, the leaders there, what was going on when, when I began to mention the Holy Spirit, and and uh, they said, oh, that that's what we do when the Holy Spirit is is preached on or is talked about or prayed about. And what I found out was that that sixty seventy years before, they had a beautiful move of God in their churches in the north of. Germany and those old ladies were young ladies once they met with God very powerfully and experienced him and expressed their emotion and they cried and wooed and did all kinds of things as he encountered their hearts but but now it's become just an empty ritual for these older ladies and for those who've joined the church since they've learned this behavior oh that's what we do they weren't even there 60 years ago but they've just learned oh that's what we do when when someone mentions the Holy Spirit it's like there's this closed fence of tradition uh, around uh, Uh, how we understand what the Bible teaches on charismatic, spirit-filled life. It's well-meaning, but in this case it's immature, or it's nostalgic, or it's, it's dead. Um, it's, a, it's not a, a true scriptural model of what it means to be a, a charismatic, spirit-filled community. So we don't want that extreme either of either anything goes or some kind of um, immaturity. We, we don't want either extreme, really, either of just ignoring the Holy Spirit um, or of, of the kind of flaky end of things. That's why we're back into the Word over these next few weeks to find out what the spirit-filled churches look like. How do I receive the Spirit? How do we live out and steward these gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, wow, praise God. I, I, I love, um, I, I, let's move forward a little bit. I, I, we talk about John Wimber a lot at the moment because he was so good on this stuff. I was just mentioning with Danny earlier when we were praying, John Wimber was praying about this stuff one time. The, the guy I mentioned earlier who came from the, the States in the 80s and he felt he felt God rebuke him while he was praying. He, he said he felt the Father say to him very gently, John, um, I, I've, I've enjoyed plenty of your ministry, um, how about you just begin to experience some of my ministry in the church now? How about that, John? And I thought, oh, it's such a beautiful, fatherly, loving rebuke. But we, uh, as we come to a series like this, we say, oh, Father, we, we don't want our reheated teaching on being a spirit-filled church. We really long for your ministry in your life. It will probably look different in some ways to how it did for me last year, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. We're not looking to repeat old models. We are looking for biblical, fresh, encounters with the Holy Spirit. Just wave at me if, you're, if you hear me there. Praise God. So first things first, and we've got some new believers and believers like me that need reminding who is the Holy Spirit we're, we're looking at today. Um, so along with God the Father, God the Son, that, that's Jesus Christ, um, God the Holy Spirit is what we call the third person of the, the Godhead, um, or what often gets called the Trinity. Um, the Trinity is just a way to describe what the Bible teaches about who God is, that he is one being. One person who exists in three persons. The Bible teaches this, and we believe it by faith. There's one God. Deuteronomy tells us that. There's only one God, but it teaches us that the Father is God, that Jesus is God, and that the Holy Spirit is God. That's what we believe and hold together by faith as, as, uh, as, as disciples of Jesus. One of the most convincing statements about the Holy Spirit being God, we find in Acts chapter 5, hidden away in an amazing story, and you can miss it. Uh, this is where Ananias and Sapphira lie um, ab- about the money they've received for selling some land that they're, they're putting money in on the gift days. And they say, oh, yeah, we've received a million pounds for selling our back garden to housing developers, um, and, and we're putting it all in the offering. Actually, they received two million pounds. It would have been fine. They didn't need to lie. But because they lied, um, there's a judgment of God that comes on them. And it says in in verse 5, Peter uh, confronts them, says Satan has filled Ananias' heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. Interesting, isn't it? And then he says, actually that was verse 3, verse 4, he says Ananias has lied to God. Do you get that? Ananias has lied to the Holy Spirit. And he's lied to God. As far as Peter and the early church are understanding, the Holy Spirit is God. Lying to the Holy Spirit is lying to God. There it is in the text. Jesus told his disciples. I mentioned reading John 14, 16 through the summer again. I'd encourage you just to do that in your quiet times if you're not currently reading a a Bible reading plan over the next few weeks. In those chapters, Jesus told his disciples the Holy Spirit, the helper, another the same as me, but another like me is coming. The Father will send the helper, the spirit of truth, Jesus calls him. After I ascend, That the spirit is going to lead the disciples into truth about Jesus. John, John teaches us about this incredible union with God that is ours as disciples of Jesus. The, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, somehow our lives getting caught up and united um, with God in that way. All one, all fully God, and yet distinct in how they work in and, and through. Through us. At Jesus' baptism. In Mark chapter 1, for example, you get the the three persons, one God, three persons showing up, um, showing their distinct roles at Jesus' baptism. Jesus comes up out of the water in the river Jordan, and it says the Spirit descends on him like uh, a, a dove. And The voice of the Father is heard from heaven. This is my beloved Son, with whom I'm so very pleased. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the the Holy Spirit is God, um, and the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as God, who is a person, of course. He's a person, um, not an it. Um, If you pray or speak about the Holy Spirit isn't it. I might just come and give you a little, a little friendly nudge. Come on, he's a person. We love him. He's a person. The Bible says you can look these up. Take a photo of the screen if you want. He can be grieved, Ephesians 4.30. He has a will. The Holy Spirit uses his mind to search the deep things of God. Um, he has fellowship with us as believers, 2 Corinthians 13. And the, so the Spirit is a person, just as God the Father And God the Son are persons. We can come to him. We can welcome him. We can know him as a person. How can I know the Holy Spirit better? Well, we can just look at at Jesus. Um, Acts 16.1, the Holy Spirit is called um, the Spirit of Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? The Spirit of Jesus. Jesus sends his Spirit. Romans calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Adoption by which we cry out. We're able to cry out, Abba, Father. The the spirit of sonship or daughtership, um, as as Romans would say, daughterhood. Uh, I don't know. We're sons and daughters. and It's the Holy Spirit that makes that plain and clear to us. Um, This spirit who enables us. Romans says the spirit pours the Father's love into our hearts, the securing love of the Father. The, The same Holy Spirit that Jesus received on his baptism when the Father spoke over him. I'm so very pleased with you. This is what the Holy Spirit does to those of us who now have been baptized into Christ. The same securing Father's love. The same voice affirms us and says, you're also my beloved sons and daughters because you're in my beloved son, Jesus. I'm so very pleased with you and I welcome you into fellowship with me. That's who the Holy Spirit is and, and, and what, he, what he does. He's the spirit by whom we can cry, Abba, Father, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray and said, pray this, our Father, Abba father father dear father this precious intimacy with god our father we have no right to come into in our relationship with him and our prayer life with him it's the holy spirit that enables us to say abba father he brings us into sonship with our heavenly father through the son jesus oh hallelujah i'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit. It's, it's really hard, as I'm finding even now, to look at who the Holy Spirit is without beginning to talk about what he, he does. Um, and when we discover what he does, we want to know more of who the Holy Spirit is. And so we get this perfect circle. And that's why we'll, we'll go deeper, particularly over the next few Sundays on what does he do. But I hope today you're just getting stirred with a thirst and a hunger. Um, and you can pray with me this week, Lord, I, I want more of you. I want to experience more of you. Um, this teaching on the Holy Spirit, and, and we'll just move to communion and pray and worship in a minute, but let me just miss a few things out and come to the, the crunch. Uh, this teaching on the Holy Spirit isn't new. It's not an add-on for you know, really serious. If you're a serious Christian, if you've done like five years, you can, you can get this download now. That's not how it works. Look, look at the scriptures. Uh, repent, believe, be baptized, receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Um, When we know who he is, when we know what he does, we realize we can't live without him as followers of Jesus, and we're not supposed to, praise God. Every generation of church life, the Holy Spirit has been at work. Word and Spirit churches like us have existed. The Holy Spirit's been active through the Scriptures, right from the beginning, right to the very end. Um, Genesis 1.1, the very first verses of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I love that. I'll often pray that way for healing. Holy Spirit, will you just come and rest on us, brood over us, hover over us? Because I know when you, when you rest on us in that way, you're creating something. You're bringing life. Wow. So, from creation, Genesis 1, first verse of the Bible. As I said, you'll have to tear a lot of pages out if you don't want the Holy Spirit to be at work. Um, right through day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit was poured on everyone who believed. Right up to the very last verses of the Bible, Revelation 22, where it tells us the Spirit and the bride. The bride is a picture, picture language for the church of Jesus. The Spirit and the bride are saying, Calm, Lord Jesus. There's this unity of our longing together with the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit births in us. Calm, Lord Jesus, return for your church, restore everything, give us the new heaven and the new earth. From the Garden of Eden in the beginning to the new heaven on earth, the Holy Spirit has never stopped working. And since Jesus, in what we call the, the New Covenant, the New Testament, or the Better Covenant, or the Better Promise, we, we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, walking in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We're never alone from the Holy Spirit. But in the Old Testament, or what we call the kind of the old covenant or the lesser covenant or promise, we find God gave his Holy Spirit to particular people. Uh, Alpha is really good on this, if you can watch the Alpha films. Particular people at particular times for particular tasks um, to to fulfill a special purpose. We heard with the puppets last week that great teaching on Samson. Uh, The Holy Spirit came on him when he'd been taken captive and empowered him to break every rope that tied him. I love Exodus 31, where the Holy Spirit is given to a man called Bel Be- I can never pronounce his name, Belazel. That'll do. Um, what, did, what power did he get? Oh, he was a craftsman. God, God, the Holy Spirit empowered him and gave him craftsman gifts to, to construct the tabernacle, the place where God would meet with his people. Wow, if you say, well, I, I don't prophesy, I don't speak in tongues. Is the Holy Spirit filling me? Wow, he's got a broad range of gifts we'll come to uh, that you can carry forward. It's the same spirit that filled Gideon in his weakness and fear uh, and, and led him to courageous leadership that saved God's people in the time of the judges. The prophets, Tony read from Isaiah 60 this morning, arise shine your light has come Isaiah 61 turn the page uh, and Isaiah is prophesying there's a Messiah coming Uh, and with the Messiah will come an outpouring of the spirit the Messiah will proclaim the good news to the poor in spirit the 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 prophets uh, Isaiah and others are always pointing us to Jesus and to a greater day a greater portion that's coming Uh, there are big signposts that lead us there Ezekiel 36 one of the prophets I'll give you a new heart I'll put a new spirit in you I'll remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my degrees and decrees and be careful to keep my laws. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Hearts of stone turn to hearts of flesh that doesn't happen by trying to be good we can't transform ourselves from the inside out in that way the spirit's coming he's going to change us Ezekiel says from the inside out I think part of my experience of God when I was 20 was my heart of stone being turned to a soft heart Joel 2:28. I'll pour out my spirit on all people he's speaking about the end times your sons and daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams. Even your young men will see visions on oh, my servants, both men and women. I'll pour out my spirit in those days. I love this. Joel's looking forward to something that's going to happen at the time of Jesus, that it's for everyone. You can't exclude yourself young, old, men, women. This promised Holy Spirit something greater, something more, not just for particular times and particular tasks, but for everyone, from every language group, kids and adults, for all people. And yet after Joel, this promise was unfulfilled for centuries until Jesus came. And that beautiful day where he, after he'd been baptized in water and gone into the wilderness, he unrolled the scroll of Isaiah. And in Luke 4, 4 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. So he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the captives free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We are now in the time of of the Lord's favour. Today, these promises have been backing up from the old scriptures, the old covenant, all the breakthroughs the prophets spoke of to come. They now begin to get filled in and through the life of Jesus the Saviour. He's full of the Holy Spirit. He breaks every spiritual chain, just like Samson broke physical chains. He does a creative work in people's hearts as they're born again, just as Belazel did amazing creative crafts. He creates new life And Jesus teaches this is for us. He says, he gives his spirit to his disciples when he sends the 12 and the 72. But he says there's a day coming where you'll receive fully. John 7, 37, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink and out of you will flow rivers of living water. We see that promise fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. Noah, fellas, can you come and help us? Uh, We want to worship and respond. People think they're drunk uh, as the Holy Spirit falls on Peter and his crowd in Acts Two, Peter said, no, this is the promise of the Father. I think Danny read it as we were praying first thing this morning. This promise is for you, for your children, for all who are far off, and for all whom the Lord our God will call. This promise is for Crawley. <laughs> it's for the church today in 2023. It's for our kids. It's for you, men, women, whatever your racial background, whatever language you speak from your heart, this promised Holy Spirit is for you today. And as we move into these next few weeks, we can expect him to equip us to live the way of Jesus. We can expect him to help us to overcome sin, to break change in our lives, and to impact the world through the mission that he's called us to. Can we stand together? This Holy Spirit, the giver and his gifts, he's for us today. If you're in any kind of agreement and in faith for this, can I just hear you say amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's pray together. Lord, we want to know you, the giver, and your precious gifts. We're, we just confess, we humble ourselves, we're learning again. And we welcome you right now. Uh, Holy Spirit, come amongst us. Don't know, maybe as I went through some of those scenarios, if you know I need to repent of unbelief or being closed to the Holy Spirit, Maybe it's through caution or I've seen some bad examples and they maybe think I'm never allowing that around my life or in my church. Just take a moment and say, Lord, I, I, wanna, I, I need to come and line up with Scripture again. Repent. It's the way we come into kingdom life. Maybe you need to put away some old views that are rooted in tradition or nostalgia. Where you try to be a disciple in your own strength. Just put that down. Lord, we come to you afresh today. We, we want the, the favor of God afresh for this day, this age this generation now. We claim this promise, Lord. We come as children. We claim it for our children, our kids' church that are finishing up down the corridor now. We give you these next few weeks and months. Will you create a thirst in us, Lord, that only you can satisfy? Will you show us how to live in your life and power? Will you teach us to steward these beautiful gifts that you give to your church that we might glorify Jesus and see your mission advance? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you do already pray in the Spirit, pray in the gift of languages uh, the Lord gives, just just pray quietly where you are. Welcome the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just as we're standing here before we come to the table and sing again, one of the primary works the Holy Spirit does is to bring us into life with God. We get born again by the Holy Spirit. We start our Christian life because of the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm just aware, maybe, that, maybe there's just one or two here. I know most of us are already followers of Jesus. If there's anyone here that knows, I haven't yet given my life to Jesus. While everyone's got their eyes closed, would you just put your hand up now? We'd love to welcome you into being a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're online and watching this live or catching up. If, if you're responding now and you know, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to get born again by the Holy Spirit. Start a new life. Just pop your hand up now you can pop your hand up online send us an email or a DM or something if there's anyone in the room I want you to come and find us in a moment it's the most important response you can make to the Holy Spirit this morning to be born again today thank you Jesus thank you Jesus we're going to learn how to receive the gifts of the Spirit we're going to learn how to grow the fruit of the Spirit and encounter God afresh but the primary mission of Jesus with the Holy Spirit is to change our hearts to make us born again to bring us into being followers of Jesus so, if that's you this morning, please come and let me know right now. Or as we come down to take communion, come let me know. We want to pray with you and lead you to Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we sing something and then I'll get Danny to explain how we do communion, hey? Thanks, fellas.